0: Hi, this is Tom Sohn and welcome to another episode of The Anonymous Landlord, where today I'm going to talk you through the highlights of a discovery call that I've just had with a landlord and property investor who currently has four properties that are rented out, producing an income, but she also has £160,000 of cash that she wants to invest to grow that portfolio, increase her income, and in her words, her something to do (laughs) fair enough now she was looking at buying flats where she could add value which is always a good plan if you can buy correctly then flats are a good way to generate a good yield so we talked through a couple of different ideas of how she can add value to flats And uh, by the way, just adding value is where you buy it at one price, you do something to that property, and then it's worth more. Simple as that. Add value. Now, we also talked through whether she should buy that property with cash or whether she should buy properties with finance. That's a very common question. So I gave her a couple of tips of ways to work that out because it's not just one rule. It's not just a case of, oh, you should always buy with a mortgage. Or the other way around. It's not just a rule of always buy cash if you can. There is a definite calculation um, that will help you decide what's best. We also talked through things to watch out for and things to look for when buying a flat for an investment. There are definite things you should really look for before buying. We talked through yield, which as you know, you all know me by now. It's, It's probably one of the most important things when calculating a property deal. Um, but there's a right and a wrong way to do it. So I'm just going to touch on that very quickly. But also, I shared with her my own way of visualizing cash and really visualizing it so you're making the most of all of your cash and you know how to use it and how to grow it. That's the important thing. Growing your cash is the reason we're doing all this, right? That's the whole point of property, investing, of business, whatever way you want to look at it. So first of all, how can you add value to a flat? Well, there's, look, there's, there's loads of ways you could do that. But a couple of ways that we went through on this discovery call was, first of all, you could, look through, <coughs> you could look for flats that have got big lounges that you could turn into a kitchen lounge. And then you could turn the old kitchen into a bedroom. So that, that means you're adding value by adding a bedroom to that property. It was a one bed, now it's a two bed, nice. You could also do a refurbishment, of course, that's the basic way of doing things. But you could also do things like extending the lease. So if you can buy a flat uh, for a lower purchase price because it has a low lease, and then you you extend that lease to increase the value of the property, that may well be another way to add value. But it doesn't always have to add value that you can extract today. So this is where we start talking about yield and exit strategies and things like that. So for me personally, if I'm going to buy a flip to let or a buy refurbish refinance, basically a property that I intend to keep, then my exit strategy is over two years. And your exit strategy should always be, how quickly can I get my money out? That's the question you have to ask before you buy any property. How quickly can I get my money out? So for me, it's two years. If I can calculate this property investment so that I can get all of my money back out in two years, it's a good investment for me. However, it's not always the way. It's not a hard and fast rule because if you've got 10 grand that you're leaving in that flat and that 10 grand is continually generating 25% profit year in, year out, then you might think about leaving it in there. Unless you can do better with that cash, then you might want to leave it in there. But it's a calculation, and there isn't one rule for all properties. You should always do things on a case-by-case basis. But either way, there are loads of different ways that you can add value to the property. But the question you always have to ask yourself, whatever cash I'm using on this property, how quickly can I get it out? Now, some people have a five-year um exit strategy. Some people have two, some people have one and so on and so on. Some people don't have one. It's not the rule for one and all. It is per property, calculate your investment and also calculate your exit. We also talked through um, things to watch out for, things to look for when investing in a flat. Now, of course, there's the service charge. There is always going to be that cost. You will always have to pay your service charge whether the property is empty or not, which is obviously something to look out for. But it's not always a bad thing because as long as you calculate it over time and you know that over the course of the year, I will have to spend 1,000 pounds on service charge, for an example, or I will have to spend 1,500 pounds a year on service charge. There's not really a one single cost of service charge across all flats. It's different across every single different flat that you can find. Ex-council flats are generally more expensive on service charge um, than others. But again, that's not a hard and fast rule. But if you're going to buy a property that does have a service charge, then find out what past works have been done in the last couple of years. Because that will tell you if they've just had a load of work done on that property, number one, you know that that work won't have to be done for a while. But number two, that might be the reason for an increased service charge this year because they're trying to recoup the cost of the works that were done historically. But also, it might be the same rule for any works that are planned to be done in the future. So find out what works are planned to be done. That will give you an idea of whether the service charge is going to go up or whether it's high currently because of those planned works. There's another little rule I want you to remember if you're going to buy a flat. Always ask if there are any proposed works or required works, because that will then tell you anything that isn't concreted and scheduled. Maybe there are some suggestions. Uh, I don't know. Let's say that property's got a lift and there is a proposed rebuilding of that lift or re, um, doing something with lift, something that's going to cost money in the future, which hasn't yet been agreed or finalized, but it is proposed. Now, it's not to say that that stuff is going to definitely have to be done, but it gives you an idea of what might have to be taken into account for your investment. Now, if you can find, I always like those houses that have been turned into two flats. I think they're really good investments personally. As long as they calculate right in yield, I think they're really good because you own the freehold and you own the two properties that are generating you income. It means that you have full control. It means that you can, uh, you have a double exit strategy in that you can either sell flats or you can sell the whole building. It just, helps you I think in uh, generating a bit more of a return otherwise you're paying somebody else uh, some other freeholder Um, so if you can buy a freehold fantastic they're always good ways to do things I think anyway that's my opinion but we also started talking about whether uh, she should buy as cash or whether she should buy with finance and that is a really common question and a couple of points from that call is I, whenever I'm asking that question of myself or whether I'm being asked that question, I always revert back to yield. It doesn't really matter whether you buy cash or finance because 20% yield is 20% yield. It doesn't matter whether you spread that across two, three, or four properties or just one. If you get 20% back on your cash in that year, then it doesn't matter. So if you've got 160,000 as cash that you want to invest in property, and this year, in the next 12 months, you can generate 20% return on that investment, then great. If you're gonna use that same £160,000 of cash across two properties, and each of those properties, because you're financing them, is gonna make 10% profit, so well now you have one property that makes 20% or two properties that make 10% each, same thing. Hopefully, you get what I mean by that. Um, Generally speaking, if you do spread that cash across multiple properties, you should generally earn higher than if you buy one property with cash. Um, But again, it's not the rule, but it's generally what happens. The thing I want you to think about is if you've got £160,000 of cash and you buy one property with that, then your cash is going to be tied up for, let's say nine months. It means that you can't do anything else with that cash and therefore the yield that that one property will generate is your yield and that's it. But by the same token, you also can't buy, let's say you're gonna take that 160,000 pounds and you're gonna try and spread it across four properties. Now, you're also not gonna find four properties today and buy four properties today. The chances are it's going to take you a good amount of work and time to find, buy, complete refurbish and rent out four different properties. So one way or another, you're going to have your cash tied up for a period of time, whether you buy one property or four. And that's either going to be tied up in your bank because you can't spend £160,000 in one day on four properties. Um, If you can, then hey, my hat's off to you. That's some solid work. But Generally speaking, you'll buy one property today with 40 grand, that means you've still got 120 left in the bank. So one way or another, you're still tying up your cash for a period of time. I hope that makes sense anyway. But really, the answer to the question is, well, whether you should buy with cash or whether you should buy with finance, the answer to that question is yield. It all depends on yield. Yield. And you obviously have to forecast a little bit within that. How long is it going to take you to do this? How long is it going to take you to exit from that? And so on and so on. But really, the answer to the question is yield. And we also talked a little bit more about yield in that my minimum yield target is 15%. And what that means is I want all cash that I invest to generate a minimum of 15% yield. So it was 12%. i did have that target of 12% but the more i got into it the the better i was getting and i i increased that now. so if there's a property that's below 15% i won't even look at it now. um but you know what i've been doing this for 21 22 years so you know that's a bit it's a bit different for me than it would be for the general investor who probably would be quite happy with 10%, right? If you're quite happy with 10%, as long as you find the right deals, you can get that 10% nice and comfortably. But what I would say is try to ignore monetary value. Try to ignore the fact that I hear so many people say that if they've got £160,000 of cash, right, so I want to invest 60000 of that, Um, in this type of thing, and I want to keep a £100,000 back so I can do this and I can do that. Ignore the monetary value. Your first thought needs to be, what is that cash going to return to me? It doesn't matter whether you separate it off into monetary values. It's all about that 160000 must generate a percentage return on investment. And that's it and set yourself that target. Set yourself the yield target, and don't go below it. You calculate it. If it's below your yield target, don't buy it. Simple as that. But try to not focus on the monetary value of something and focus on the percentage. And if you do that, then that will always mean that you generate a percentage return on investment on your cash. Ignore the monetary value. So we also talked about my little golden rule, if you like, of the way I visualise cash, the way I um, strategize, uh making profit and reinvesting and where my cash is at any one point and how I grow my cash, because that's the goal, isn't it? That's what we're trying to do. The first thing I'll tell you is cash pots. That's, that's it. it. Sounds really silly, but cash pots is the way I visualise it. And it doesn't matter. You know, your bank account is a cash pot. A property is a cash pot. An investment where you're you maybe have some shares in a company. That's a cash pot. Anywhere that you have put your cash into is a pot. And now all you're doing is trying to grow your pot. And you can take some cash out of one pot and put it into another. And then that grows that pot. And then you can get rid of one pot by selling it, take the cash out and put it into another pot. It doesn't matter. Uh, But the point of all of that is that you own all of those pots. So it doesn't matter where your cash is. It doesn't matter what pot your cash is in. It's still your cash and it is still yours. So you can move it from one pot to another. You can take it out and put it into another. You can grow one one cash pot by increasing the size of the pot itself. And then you can put more cash into that, take more cash out, put it over here. It doesn't matter. All you're doing is moving your cash around, right? You never really lose that cash because you're just putting it into another pot. And at any one point, you could sell that pot. You can cash in that pot. You can do whatever you want. It's still your cash. And the reason I tell you that is because that's how I visualize it. And I, in my head, I can just see loads of different pots per property and a bank account here and a business there and an investment account there. And I've got shares in these companies and that company and, and so on and so on. They're all just cash pots. And I'm, I take some money out of my shares and so, there, I take some money out of my share pot and I put it into my property pot. And I take it out of my property pot and I put it into my bank pot. And then I take it out of my bank pot as quickly as I can and I put it into my business pot. Either way, one way or another, you are always taking cash out of one place and putting it into another place. But the point is that you own all of those pots. So, Hopefully, that makes sense. I just wanted to share how I visualise those things. But it was a really good discovery call, actually. And I do loads of these discovery calls now where we, we talk about ways to put strategies in place for growing your portfolio, investing your cash, and so on. Types of property to focus on, types of tenant to focus on. And I do quite a number of these strategy calls now. They're getting quite popular too. So discovery calls, strategy calls, whatever it may be. Um, They're all very enjoyable. And what I'm going to try and do is bring the highlights of those discovery calls and um, or maybe not the strategy calls because they're very individual, but certainly the discovery calls, I'm going to start trying to summarise them, bring them out in the podcast so that if you're listening to this and you pick out any points or any tips or any golden nuggets that you can use in your own situation, then Great. I hope that helps as many people as possible because I think there's quite a few people in that situation. Maybe you've got properties already and you've got some cash and you want to invest it correctly. Maybe you haven't got any properties yet, but you do have some cash and you want to invest it right. Then I think these tips will help. If you want something a bit more personalized, then I've got some slots available at any one time. Uh, for discovery calls. I don't take discovery calls from everybody because I would get completely inundated. Um, I get a lot of requests for a discovery call. Um, But yeah, so I try and help as many people as I can. But look, you know what, my time is, is my commodity, isn't it? So hopefully I can help as many people as possible. And anyone that I can't help, I'll try and share the information in this podcast. But look, I hope this helps. I hope somebody gets a bit of value from this and can implement some of the ideas that I've just shared with you and grow your portfolios grow your investments this doesn't even have to relate just to property does it you know you could use these same strategies for any investing really the idea is is that any cash that you invest must generate a return on investment simple as that but please 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 promise me this you won't calculate your yield the wrong way because that's where you start getting into poor investments where I hear estate agents calculate it all the time. when They, they say things like, right, so it's the annual rent divided by the purchase price. No, 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 don't calculate it like that. <laughs> You've got to calculate it the right way. How much of your cash are you using? Because that's your investment. If you're using a mortgage, You're not putting the whole purchase price into the property as an investment. You're also not getting all of the rent out as profit. You've got mortgage payments to make, insurance payments to make, management, maintenance. All of those things have to be deducted from the rent before you can calculate how much you get. So if you're going to buy a place that's £100,000 and you're using £25,000 of your own cash and then you're getting... 800 pounds a month in rent, but you're spending out 500, then your return on investment is 300 pounds net profit against your cash investment of 25,000, right? That's how you work out your yield. Your investment is the cash that you're putting into that property, and your yield is the net profit you're getting from that property. Now, I have mentioned in many of my podcasts about true yield. I've started to move away from that in general because it is a fairly complex calculation. And I think it kind of glazes a few people if you don't really know what what, uh, what true yield actually is. But it's where you start taking into account appreciation, equity, everything. Absolutely everything. It should be an ever-evolving figure. But I'll try and do another podcast about true yield and explain it in much more detail because it is the ultimate way to calculate your return on investment. But I hope this helps in the meantime. And if you've got any questions, you can contact me through my Facebook page. Join the Anonymous Landlords Facebook group as well. Until then, speak to you later.